Hello and welcome everybody here to a very special broadcast with Bryce Mills, Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on site at Abacoli's. We're here every single month. Bryce and I were sitting next to each other for Liverpool High School, what, five years ago? Yeah, it seems so, like it was about five years yeah, ago. Somewhere around five years, something like that. And when you were on the football team. That's right. And now you're a professional boxer. You boxed at Turning Stone. You just went overseas and came back home with a victory. You've had the opportunity to represent Central and Upstate New York very, very well. So before we get started, can we have a round of applause for a local talent, Bryce Mills? Please. Thank you, guys. So happy to have Bryce here with us tonight and have the opportunity to have a conversation like we always do. It's a pleasure. Thank you. I know. I consider you, uh, I told you this when we were eating here a week ago, yeah. that you're more like a little brother than one of the boxers out there. So thank you. Always good to have you here. And I know that if I ever need some muscle, I got somebody. <laughs> I'm your guy. That's, that's, here. that's what I know, because I'm going to need a bodyguard eventually. And I'm just going to have, you know, maybe we can do it around an event. You can bodyguard for me. I'm like, we'll go to when you're fighting in Atlantic City or something like that. I'll plan out like a comedy show there. So I'm doing my comedy show, you're guarding me, and then I'm coming out to the fight in Atlantic City. That works for me. All right, fair enough. So it's been a minute since Liverpool. We're right down the street from your high school. What type of memories get brought up when you think back at Liverpool High School? Uh, Liverpool High School always treated me great. Uh, I played football there. I made a lot of friends. I was in the Liverpool district basically my entire life. I went to elementary and made Perry. And uh, when I think about Liverpool, I think about all the great teachers, the great community they have over there, the great coaches, yeah. and most importantly, the great friendships I made. And uh, the friendships still last to this day. Who are some of the friends that you're still close with? So uh, a few of my best friends. Uh, I want to leave anyone out here. Uh, Connor Bowen, who's always there for me. It's my man. Uh, it's my catcher in Little League back in the day. Yeah. Now he's still hanging out. Uh, Elias Ficos, another kid that lives next to me. Joe Vassallo, my barber. And uh, Giorgio, Giorgio Kosevsky, uh soccer player up at SU. You're talking about one of the guys is your barber? Yes. Okay. Yes, my barber. How long has he been doing that? It's been cutting my hair a while now. Okay. I'd have to say three and a half years how old is he around there it's my age same as you yep 21 so 21 years old and he's your barber he's my barber and he's good at it right he's very good he Me? also has his own food truck shout out a uh, saucy sandwich okay 21 years old yeah food truck and doing haircuts that's right he's killing it yeah obviously an entrepreneur Give me, shout out his name once again for everybody joe vasallo joe vasallo and if it ends in a vowel, it means he's probably working when he's four years old, like we all were. That's true. So, and, and I do want to, I got to give a plug. I had nothing to do with this movie, but I have to give a, a plug for this movie. You got to, if you have a connection to an Italian family, you have to go see About My Father, which I think you can, you can get on any of the streaming platforms, but About My Father with Sebastian Maniscalco, the Italian comedian, and Robert De Niro plays his dad. And it's this whole, like, old Italy meets, you know, his son who's trying to assimilate into culture here. And his dad is still speaking Italian. He's still 
you know, making his own garden and all that. And I, I realized with my dad, my grandfather, we we always have our own garden because that way Wegmans can never raise the price on us. So we get we make our own tomatoes, cucumbers, grapes, plums, nectarines, all that stuff. So now I finally get with all the prices high in the grocery store now, I get why Italians make their own produce. I do understand that. So you got all these friends and they're doing different things and making something of themselves. You're making something of yourself. Do you guys ever sit down and kind of take a step back and say, we're barely in our 20s and we're chasing dreams that some people won't chase in their 50s? You ever think about that? Yeah, uh, no doubt. Uh, you know, they always say, my parents say over there that to surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up and you never want to be the smartest one in the room. Uh, and I made sure of that my entire life. I surround myself with great people, uh, great friends, and we're all going the positive direction together. So we motivate each other. We help each other out. And uh, they've been there for me forever and I'll always be there for them. We've spoken about your family before, but now they're physically here. So I want you to tell me something good about your dad while your dad can listen. And for those that don't know, when we talk about your family, I want you to shout them out. So tell everybody their first name and then tell me something good. Okay. For those who don't know, because we're online too on YouTube, Podbean, and Facebook. Man. Okay, so my dad, Steve Mills, over there, the, the ball guy over there, with the <laughs> looking dapper and his, his nice outfit. Uh, yeah, he's my dad's been there for me forever. Uh, he was my coach as a little kid in baseball growing up uh, until I stopped at the age of 15. Uh, he was my football coach, assistant coach. He was uh, helped me out when I was training he's always there for me when i'm sparring yeah he's in my corner he's coaching me uh he's been there for me forever you know and i know it's not going to stop he's not just my dad but he's also like a like a best friend to me even though he's bald and i gotta help him out with his style every once in a while <laughs> i i love him yeah it's my yeah. dad you know he had and, to he had to do a dig because he got too sentimental with you dad that's what happened yeah yeah he was being too kind so he had to give you something that's that's end. true and then uh my mom, uh, she's the more caring parent of the two. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I work. I look up to her work ethic. She works her butt off. Share with everybody That's mom's a, first name too. The now, the now, the now. Shout out, mom. shout out, mom. She works as a nurse at St. Joe's, and uh, yeah, I've always admired her work ethic and her caring personality. Uh, she's there for the more serious conversations. The, you know conversation that I'm in a tough spot or I'm down she's always there to pick me up and be that positive person that I always need so shout out to mom and let, let's keep going around the room you pick them as we go let's let's show love to the people that, that uh, are in your family that yeah yeah of course uh my sister who was telling me to give her a shout out anyways here, here's your <laughs> shout out Maya <laughs> uh she she also wants Liverpool high school Great lacrosse player, great athlete growing up, but more importantly, she's a she's a great person. She will always be my little sister. I call her Minion because that's her nickname. Minion, okay. Little Minion. I like and, it. Uh, yeah, my best friend too. So not just my sister, but my friend. That's very sweet. I can tell she's trying not to cry right now. Uh, you got you got her. I, I think got you got her. her. 
So for your family and the connection that you've had with your family and the love that you have inside of your household, that extends on the outside too, right? To that extent of family, we talked about some friends. I spoke with you when we were off the air about the importance of grandparents because all of mine are up in, up in heaven right now. And both of my grandfathers passed away when I was six, which was probably the worst year of my life. I hope I never have to experience a year like that again. And then my grandmother passed away, my dad's mom, a few years back. But five years ago, I think it'll be six years now. My, no, it's just five. My, I called her G-Mama, my mom's mom. And her and I were like this. We still are because I know she's up in heaven looking, looking after me. But every moment, she lived to be just shy of 101 years old. Every single moment with grandparents is important. So what do you do with your grandparents to celebrate them? That's a great point. And I've been blessed in my life to have my papa over here, who's been my biggest fan. Literally, when I say my biggest fan, he will have a conversation with anyone at this restaurant, any place in the world, <laughs> for an hour talking talking their ear off about me and talking about my family. He's, he's been at every single fight I've ever had, every game I've ever had, and he's always been there for me. And uh, my Nana, who actually grew up as my my babysitter and was like a second mom to me and always there for me, my sister and all my cousins. And I've also been fortunate enough to, they moved in next to us on the same street now. So when I'm working out and I'm doing my thing, they're over there giving me a little clap when I'm running by their house and <laughs> supporting me. But uh, just being able to spend time with them is in this much time now since they're on the street. And even though, you know, we might get a little annoying at times and, you know, we get on each other's skin now. But I love them, and it's always a blessing to have them in my life and be there for me. Yeah, you got you have some more Bryce Mills merchandise wares here as well. We do. Can we shout out? We do. And Uncle, shout out uh, Uncle Tulio and Aunt Sherry, who have also been my biggest fans. Tulio is the man. He's uh, if you ever want to hear some funny stories, you ever want to laugh your butt off, talk to Tulio. He's the guy, and Sherry, who has been nothing but an absolute blessing to this family and she's always been there for every one of us and is always smiling and is always has a positive attitude you know you're such to me you're such a great fighter and you've only just begun but you have this warm heart you and i've talked about it off the air how do you turn it on to be this kind-hearted guy who's so appreciative and thankful for the love he has in his life. And then you go out into the ring and punch people in the face. How do you, how do you, how do you turn it on? Uh, you know, that's, that's just what I've always known to do. To me, fighting's a sport. I'm not going to try to act like a tough guy outside of it because that's just not my personality. I am who I am. And, uh, you know, my personality's not going to change just because I, I'm in a violent sport like fighting. Uh, Growing up, fighting, like I said, has been a sport to me. I started out in martial arts and punch a guy in the face. We shake hands after and listen, that guy, I can have a, go have a great time with him after the fight. Like I, There's no hard feelings. There's no emotion behind it. And uh, fighting is just what I love to do and what I've known to do ever since I was a kid. It's a sport to me. And going off of that, fighting with respect, 
define what that means to fight with respect, where it is a violent sport. But like you said, at the end, shake hands with someone and you can go sit and talk with them and have a meal with them. That's that's an art in and of itself to be able to fight in such a respectful way, where as violent as you are and as much as you want to win, at the end of it, you can mutually respect each other. How do, how do you define what fighting with respect means? I've always been taught that uh, growing up through martial arts, we had you know core disciplines that we learned and, and core values that we learned, like discipline, integrity, respect, uh, honor, uh, hard work. We learned these values in martial arts growing up with Jim Mandrello, uh, T. Mandrello. So that's just that's just what martial arts. That's who martial arts made me into, you know. And fighting, like as I said, there's no emotion behind it. Yeah. It's I respect my opponent across more from me, win or lose, win, lose or draw. I know I'm gonna shake their hand after, and uh, if they if they beat me, if I beat them, I know they're just it's you know it's a game. It's a game that we both love and. We're, we just happen to be opponents that night. That's all it is. That coming from Bryce Mills here, professional boxer, and here with us on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora at Abacoli's on 7839 Oswego Road in Liverpool. Bryce, you and I have never talked about this, and I really want to know, do you have a favorite boxer all time? I have a few, and... It's very tough for me to say I have a favorite boxer because I watch so many, and there's so many that I love. Watching their highlights growing up, watching their fights. A uh, couple that are up there for me would be Roy Jones Jr. He's definitely up there. Could be number one. All right. Roy Jones. Then you also have, uh, man, big Tyson Fury fan. Big okay. Tyson Fury okay. fan. I like watching Canelo. I like watching Mayweather. Uh, old school Roberto Duran, the man. I try to model my style after his style, actually. And uh, there's a lot of great fighters that I like watching. If you could see the match of, let's call it the match of eternity, right? Because any time in history, if you could take somebody from the past and somebody from the present that didn't fight each other, living or not, right now, who would you put up against each other in a fight if you could have that eternity match? That's a that's a phenomenal question. Uh, man, let me think about this one. So I would have to go with I think the obvious matchup right now. And uh, a matchup that everybody would like to see. I'd go with a prime Mike Tyson in his prime. Absolute killer against Tyson Fury today. Okay. Tyson, Tyson. Again, yeah, Tyson versus Tyson. All right. Uh, the big guy versus the shorter guy. Who would be you, a great matchup. Who would you give it to? Who do you think would win? Now, now you're asking me to pick <laughs> two of my favorite fighters. This is difficult. Yeah. I like both of them. I grew up on Mike Tyson. Yeah, that was yeah. like, that was all I knew. So I'd probably have to give it to. I'd probably have to give it to Tyson Fury. To be honest with okay. you. Okay. All right. He's the bigger guy. I think he. Tyson Mike Tyson has a difficult time getting on the inside, and 
I think Tyson Fury keeps him outside with his jab, the straight punches. He has good head movement. I think he shoulder rolls and deflects a lot of those punches off his shoulders, and he counters, and he comes out with a nice decision victory, even though it's a, it's a war. It'll be a great fight. All right. I love to see that. Mike Tyson, Soda. Tyson Fury, that would be awesome. So this is important since we're at Abacoli's. If your mom and your dad are fighting over the last piece of pizza, who do you think would win that battle? No doubt about it. <laughs> my, my pop was pointing to himself. <laughs> That's not happening, Pop. My mom's hungry. No one else is getting that food but my mom. Yeah. I get my hangriness from her. So uh, she's winning that battle, no, no doubt about it, especially if it's the grandma's pie here. Yeah, and, this, and the thing is, is you had never had the grandma's pie before we got it a week ago today. And I said to you, so I this is how small the world is. I did a Liverpool football show, which you obviously used to play on the football team. And the new the coach that came in last year, Coach Sindoni, he says to me, he's sitting right here, and we were getting started to do the show. And he's like, have you ever had this? I said, no. He's like, you got to get some of this grandma's pie. He gives me a slice, first bite, I was like, Pizza's different for the rest of my life now. I get it. Then I come here for lunch with you last week, and you were, and I was like, you want to get some pizza? And you're like, yeah. And I said, let's get this grandma's pie. I'm telling you it's the best. Then you and I split it. You went home with it. And his last words, and I want to let you know that because he, he did share, his final words to me before we left were, I'm going to take this home. And I want my family to try it, but at the same time, I don't want to tell them that I'm bringing it home. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. That pizza's, that pizza's almost too good to share. And now your family's getting it tonight. Right? They are. That's they what are. I heard. Yeah. So, course. Dad, I'm not saying you got to save me a slice, but you got to save me a slice. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to play rapid fire in a little bit, which you and I did years ago. But to go back into the boxing world, when you decided to become a professional boxer and head out of some of the other things that you were doing and transition as a fighter, what from the beginning of your boxing days to now do you feel like you've improved on the most? What are some of those areas that you feel like you've honed in on from the first day to, to right now today that you can say are better? Man, there's been so much. I think my game has really evolved. Uh, from the time I started fighting at the age of 12 years old uh, to now I'm 22. In the past 10 years, there's been a ton that I've improved on. We're going to start. Uh, say the biggest difference is I don't just fight to fight anymore. I now fight to box. And if you box, you'd understand me. You know what I mean? That means that I fight with more skill. I fight using my mind. I fight using my boxing IQ. And I don't just fight to just go in there and beat you up, which I, I could get away with when I was younger. But now at the higher level, you know, it's a thinking man's game. And uh, I, I'd like to think that I can do that with the best of them. And uh, I'll think my opponent, uh, make an adjustment if I have to, and always come out on top and find a way to win, use my boxing IQ. Can you talk about that, picking your spots, right? Because some fighters want to go in and they just want to attack and they're not really thinking about protecting themselves or they'll take some shots to the face because they want to give you that shot and then they want to unleash. What can you say you've done with your style to not be so aggressive at times and be more calculating on when you go and attack? 
like I mentioned before, I, uh, I studied great fighters in the past, which really helps me out. But I'm also surrounded by a great team who gives me the knowledge I need and the training I need to further my skills and further my boxing knowledge. Uh, shout out to Jim Andrello, my head coach, who's been with me since I was four years old in martial arts. Uh, shout out my training partners, Kevin Van Ostrand, uh, Wilfredo. Uh, shout out my, my team around me, Rick Kampf, my strength and speed uh, coach, Vinny Scolo, uh, coach, coach Munoz, who helps me out in Rochester and uh, many others who have made me into the boxer I am today. Because without them, I wouldn't be here today. So, Hey, you know, when you talk about your team, and you and I have spoken off the air that not everybody has a team they can trust, why do you feel like this is the right team for you? The reason I feel like this is the right team for me is because they've been with me most of them, my entire life, or I know them through people who I trust. So the difference with me and my team and a lot of fighters and their teams is I can trust my team. And I know that they're not going to leave me. There's that loyalty there and vice versa. I'm not going to leave them. They've been in my life for so long and, and the trust factors there that they genuinely care about me. And I don't think there's many boxers, unfortunately, who have coaches and have people around them that genuinely care about them, which is sad, but I know for a fact my team does. And having that team, having that love, you spoke about the fact that your father's a member of your team, obviously been with you forever, yep. and at the same time, it's such a unique situation to have a parent there with you as a member of your team. What is that dynamic like, and how have you guys grown to know how to work together? Uh, as I said before, he's been a coach all my life as well. So we've always been used to that dynamic of not only having him as a dad, but also having him as like a coach. So it's been tough for me at times uh, when I'm mad or I'm not fighting well or I'm not back in the day hitting the baseball well in the baseball field to listen to him and not get emotional and not want to storm off the field or storm out of the ring. But over time, I've learned that I'm not going to give him. I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say 100% of the time he's right. Well, I'd say about 99% of the time he's right, and he gives me the advice I need. Yeah. Uh, like I said, and he's also a dad to me. He's also a friend to me. So there's three different dynamics just right there that we have together. Uh, that you know we have to manage all in their separate areas. If you one day shaved your head. <laughs> do you think that you would rock it better than your dad? Because I got to give him credit. I think he handles it well. Honestly, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would. He, he's, a, he's got some style. He's a handsome man, you know, over there. So I don't know if I would, but hopefully I keep my hair and I'm never going to be bald someday. <laughs> what, is, what is the best piece of advice your dad gave you that you actually took? So I remember from a young age, I remember being in the backseat, coming home from a t-ball game, and I remember him telling me that no matter what I do, to always do it to the best of my ability, to give 110% on the field. And literally ever since that day, 
I have taken that comment literally, and I've made that my life's work of everything I do, do it 110% and do it to the best of my ability and do it as hard and as well as I can possibly do it. And uh, he made sure that was solidified as a little kid in T-ball. And I still use that quote to this day in my life. Shout out to dad for that. And much appreciation before we get into that rapid fire, like I said, we will do. Have you watched every Rocky movie or no? Have you I seen have. them all? I definitely have. You've seen all, all the Creed movies? I have, yes. Okay, all right. If you had to tell me your, if you put all the Rocky movies together, best Rocky movie, worst Rocky movie, I want to know. Best Creed, worst Creed. Okay. Starting with Rocky, I'm going to go with by far the best Rocky. Uh, I think everybody would agree with this one. Rocky IV against Strago. When he goes to Russia, goes to foreign territory, has that crazy training camp in Russia, chopping trees, doing sit-ups on, on above old rusty houses and, you know, all that craziness. There's nothing that beats Rocky IV, and him beating Drago was amazing. Worst Rocky I'd have to go with, I mean, they're all good. Uh, I might go with, like, Maybe what was it, Rocky Five, when like Tommy Morrison is in there? It was still, it's still a great movie, uh, but it wasn't my cup of tea. Okay, all right, fair enough. Best and worst Creed. There's only three to choose from. Yeah, uh, I'd go with Creed One as the best Creed, just because when it first originated, and we saw Apollo's son, who no one knew about, was boxing and and, and now picking it up. Uh, it was unexpected. And now I feel like the, that there's three creeds. It's more expected. So you don't think about Apollo's son boxing being a big deal. But yeah. to me, that was just such a shocker at the time. It was a must-watch movie. So what's the worst one, Creed 3? I'd have to go with Creed 3, yeah. Because there's no Rocky. Yeah, there isn't any Rocky. You no need Rocky in Creed. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like to keep that line going, you got to bring it all together always. Right? Yeah, I agree. Bring it back center. For sure. Is there a better quote than the quote that Rocky says to his son in, in Balboa? Is there a better one than that? You're going to kill me right now. Oh, you're gonna say, <laughs> what's, the, what's the quote? I'm going to read you the exact quote. I'm sure I should know this. But... This is a quote that I live by, but I'm going to read you the exact quote. Okay. So this is one of my favorite quotes of all time. So the full quote from this, if it'll oblige me of finding it here. So the full quote is, let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are. It'll beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't hard. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And he goes on beyond that to say uh, a few more things that I want to make sure that I hit here. He says, now, if you know what you're worth and go out and get what you're worth, but you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. 
that quote. That's that's a quote that I live by. So wow. round of applause for that. <laughs> that's a that's the quote from that is a great quote. And I know it's not like the world's favorite Rocky movie, but to me, it's it's the Rocky quote that I can't help but live by. Yeah, that? yeah. No, that's a great quote. And you know, no matter what you're doing in life, I think everybody faces adversity and gets punched in the face. And uh, everybody has to fight through it if you really want to do what you do and set out and make a difference in someone's life or accomplish your goals, you're going to face adversity and you just have to get through it. No matter what you're doing. And you talk about going through life, facing adversity. Some fighters don't do that. Some fighters are 1-0 in 2023 and they're not going to fight the rest of the year because they want to stay undefeated. There is somebody like yourself that knows if you want to be in this professional boxing world, you have to test yourself you have to go up against good talent and you have to be willing to fight, not overdo it, but be willing to put yourself out there. Just to go into that choice that you've made to choose your fights wisely, but to not be somebody who's going to fight once a year or be afraid to fight. That's never something I've gotten from you. Yeah, and that's, I mean, you're right. I pride myself on fighting the best opponents I can possibly have in front of me. And I like to fight the best competition because I, I don't feel that you're truly a fighter if you're not fighting an equal opponent in front of you. Uh, your opponent, and that's one of the problems with boxing today is, as you said it yourself, a lot of boxers aren't taking tough matchups and making big fights happen. So I make sure that I do that myself and I take big fights and I take these tough matchups because – I truly don't feel I can call myself a fighter if I'm not fighting competition. And you may be fighting again in 2023, which we were hoping you'd get one more in. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I know we don't have all the info, but within the next couple months, we're hoping that we're going to see you out in the ring again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, now, October 28th or possibly November 4th, I'll be back in Atlantic City fighting on a, a car down there. Not sure of all the details and opponent yet or the promotion, but shout out to my team for making that fight happen. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And knowing you and I have already checked the dates and I'm home for those two weekends. So is I'm hoping that I'll be able to make it out to Atlantic City. Cause it, you and I have talked about It'd be great to that. have you there. Thank you. And you were at, I was at Turning Stone watching you at Turning Stone. Yep. What was it like to fight a turning stone, come out, you came out to the song New York by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys, and it was it was mixed in with, you know, New York, New York as well. So we get to have that old and the new. We see the pinstripe pants, and there was a ton of New York supporters, Yankee supporter, Bryce Mill supporter, all come together that night, and it was definitely a hometown crowd. That, to me was a really exciting event. Showtime was there because they were going to be filming some of the matches. So there's a lot of people that got to see you as they're getting everything set up. Yeah. You talk about Roberto Duran. He was sitting right behind me at the fight and he got to see everybody in the ring. There's fighters all throughout that had an opportunity to watch you that are Hall of Famers. To be there on Hall of Fame weekend with the Boxing Hall of Fame, Showtime at Turning Stone. Bring me into that moment for you and what it meant. And again, congratulations on one heck of a victory, too. 
Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's no there's no place I'd rather be fighting at this moment than in front of my friends and family. And as you know, uh, living in Syracuse, fighting at the Turning Star, I'm able to do that. And a lot of my friends and family are able to come out and watch me fight. And uh, that gives me extra motivation to go out there and get the job done in the rain. Uh, I know we were talking about it last week. The dream of mine and my dream venue, the place that I'd always, always have looked up to and always wanted to fight at would be the Garden. Madison Square Garden, New York. Uh, I know we could bring those friends and family of the Turning Stone down there to the Garden. I know they would all love it. They'd come down, they'd watch me. And uh, yeah, it's a dream of mine. But no matter where I'm at, what venue I'm at, just fighting in front of my friends and family is the most important thing to me. And you and I spoke about the Garden and haven't been able to fight there. I also came up with, and I guess I'm announcing this to your team officially now and to Pops as part of your team, but I want to see a Bronx, Brooklyn, I want to see like, an, like a nostalgic, historic ring yeah. in the Bronx or Brooklyn that we can bring him to where people are like breathing on your neck. <laughs> and when you win that fight, you got the, if you get the respect of the Bronx and Brooklyn, you got the respect of what you need in this world, in this country. So right. I want to see a Bronx, Brooklyn, just just dingy. When you turn the lights on, they flicker for a second. That's right. Like that's what I want. I, I want that like real deal Brooklyn, Bronx thing. And I think we can make that happen. We do Madison Square Garden, but we also got to get a, a, a Bronx and or Brooklyn fight in there at some point. There's no place better than New York. I grew up a diehard Yankee fan. Uh, I love New York City. I love New York, and I would be absolutely blessed to be fighting there. And just in that culture, uh, the culture New York has, and as you said, the grittiness that New Yorkers have, as well as upstaters. Upstaters have it too. Yeah. And I, uh, I believe that's also what helps me in the ring. I think I have a little mental edge going in there that a lot of fighters from different places of the world don't have. Well, and there is a lot of truth, whether it's upstate or New York City area. If you can make it in New York, you can make it pretty much anywhere. And I do, I do believe that song is 1,000% right because I feel like I live that every day and you do as well. So we got to make that happen at some point. And just so you know, they don't have to say that you're good down there. If you get a few Bronx, Brooklyn people going, that Bryce guy, he's not bad. He's all right. That means you're good because if they're not screaming at you, that's all you got to have. Yeah, so, it's true. Now, when you fought at Turning Stone, you fought a guy from Boston. So it was New York versus Boston. How cool was that experience for you to fight in Turning Stone and have that Boston, New York back and forth? Because people could see him come out and he's wearing Celtic colors and people just hated that. Yeah. And they see the pinstripes and they love you. The people that are there for you love you. The people that are coming in from out of town, they're like, who's this guy? He's got the Yankees on. He's, he's a smart kid. So what was it like to have New York versus Boston? That's a dream matchup right there. You know, the, the rivalry, the Red Sox-Yankees, was uh, always one of my favorite games, if not my favorite, growing up as a kid. So looking forward to and watching those games. You got two gritty cities. You got New York versus Boston. And, uh, you know, it's a dream matchup. It was like I was on that mound uh, pitching against the Red Sox back in the day. But I'm in the ring now fighting another pro fighter who was highly respected with a good record out of Boston.
I have to ask you a tough question, and I apologize to the people in the room that are Yankee fans. Who has had a worse season? I put this up on Twitter, which is now called X, at CallDT, so you can all feel free to vote in it. But I said, who are the of the these four choices, who had the worst American League season? The Red Sox, the Yankees, the Tigers, or the Angels? But I'm going to shorten yours. Who had a worse season based on expectation? The Red Sox or the Yankees? I mean, for me, I'd, I'd always had to go with the Yankees. I'd always had to go with the Yankees just because as a fan, I always expect so much out of them every year. And, yeah. you know, with the amount of World Series we have, I believe it's 28 World Series, you got to expect nothing but the best from the Yankees. So with the talent we have, with Aaron Judge, with Giancarlo Stanton, with Garrett Cole, and with a lot of young prospects we also have coming up, uh, you know, I expected the big season out of us. Was I a little disappointed? Yeah, I was. But uh, I do think it's going to happen eventually, and, you know, it's not going to deter me. I'm, I, I can't bandwagon on any other uh, MLB teams. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. So, If you had to put your chips on the Orioles or the Rays this year from the AL East, who would you lean more on? I have to go with the Rays, and the reason I say that is just because of the prestige they've had and, and the success they've had lately in the MLB. I think the Orioles are just making a run at it, and uh, they've looked good this year, but I still got to go with the bat. I got to go with the Rays at this point. Is, I hate it. is there anybody in the American League that is going to get that Cy Young Award from Garrett Cole, or is it Garrett Cole's no matter what with an ERA under three? I mean, I hope not. I hope they shouldn't. Uh, what that guy has done in the mound, even this year with the Yankees not having a great season, has been nothing short of spectacular. Uh, I'm just mad that the Yankees couldn't produce and give him the offense that we needed to win some games. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think he's definitely deserving the Cy Young. I sat here at the beginning of the season, and I was asked the question, what's wrong with the Yankees? And I said one word. You know what that word was? No idea. Pitching, besides Derek Cole, because he needs the assistance. I know there's certain guys that step up at times, but the Yankees are notorious in recent history to go and get an ace and not have a rotation that can handle the length of a season. And even if they get into the postseason, they're trying to out-hit everybody, and there's teams you're not going to out-hit. That's true. So I think it's time that they give Garrett Cole somebody else that they can lean on. They need at least two guys, in my opinion. I'd agree. Is there anybody on the pitching staff right now that you like besides Garrett Cole? There's a few guys I like in our rotation. Uh, No one really in particular. A lot of guys that have showed up and performed well, but I think someone's really still got to solidify themselves as one of those primetime guys and one of the key starters behind Garrett Cole that we can rely on and say that's our guy. Uh, no matter if he's pitching or Garrett Cole's kid pitching, we can almost bet that that's going to be a win. Yeah, you know, and I think where the Rays have success is they'll play seven pitchers. They don't care. They'll yeah. keep rotating yeah. and rotating. Yeah. So let's jump into rapid fire. We can ask each other literally anything about anything. 
Bryce Mills, myself, Dan Tortora here on Wake Up Call in this Wake Up Call Knockout Spotlight Special at Avicoli's with our professional boxer here. Local, went to school right down the road at Liverpool. We're going to ask each other three questions apiece because I'm hungry, and then we're going to have some grandma's pie. So you get to ask me the first question. Sounds good. So uh, I have two dogs of my own. I know you have a dog as well. Yep. And in my two puppies, uh, I have a Cavachon and a Cavapoo. You know, they play all the time. They fight all the time. They play fight. Yeah. And I always go back and forth, and I'm like, I, I study them, and I study, like, their, the way they move, and I try to compare them to different fighters, different boxers. Yeah. If you had to talk and describe about the style of fighting your what, – what's your dog's name? My apologies. Lily. Lily. Yeah, Lily. The style of fighting Lily has and a fighter you would compare her to, what would it be? Well, Lily Havanese are Brett. That's one of the most incredibly authentic <laughs> and intelligent questions I've ever been asked in almost 20 years of broadcasting. So, Lily Havanese is bred to actually be a circus dog. Yeah. So, she can stand up and she can walk forward and backward minutes at a time and she can pick her paws up and put them down. So, she can actually like kind of move around. So what fighter would I compare her to? So she has the, the, the coordination and the footwork is what you're telling me. Yeah, she's definitely got the footwork. So I, I'll give you one right now. Who? Uh, yeah, you give me somebody because I'm of, just – I feel like she's a one-on-one, but who would you compare that to with the footwork? I mean, the footwork, and as you said, like being able to stand on two paws and, and use those paws and move. Uh, I may have to go with Lomachenko right now. Let's say Lomachenko, and I don't know if you know who that is, but – Phenomenal footwork. Uh, okay. Unorthodox fighter. He's from Ukraine. Okay. Uh, I love watching him. He's one of my favorites. And All right. Sounds like Lily might have that style down pat. Yeah, I mean, I the one thing I know, she's not Tyson because she doesn't bite her father. So <laughs> she did try to bite two of my ex-girlfriends. And, I, and so the story I have with that is Lily does not growl at anyone and she does not bite anybody. But dogs know bad spirits. They do. And I had two girls separate, you know, obviously separate occasions were like, your dog tried to bite me. And I said, Lily doesn't bite anybody. So I, so she was laying with me. And so Lily's, Lily's on my side here and the girl walked into the room. And when, when you're, when Lily's with me, you don't touch her. That's like a, that's law. That's unspoken. You don't move her from her father. That's, she does, she doesn't like that. So she came up to grab her, and Lily looked right at her, and I'm looking at her going, "My dad." Now I knew that this girl was a little crazy, and our relationship was about to end. But but Lily secured it for me when she looked right at her, and I'm I'm laying in bed. Girl walks into the room, and she goes to pick up Lily, and Lily goes like that, and goes right at her and growled. And I was I looked at her, and she goes, "What are you gonna do?" And I put my hand on her head and I said, good girl. So, yeah. Lily is, uh, I guess you could say she's she's Tyson to some, but she's a gentle soul to me. But I don't know. I mean, she's, I don't know what fighter I would compare her to. I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like she's kind-hearted yet strong. She's loyal 
yet fierce. So I'm going to hit you with a curveball, and I'm going to compare her to Bryce Mills. That's how I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. That's that's the biggest compliment I can get, <laughs> knowing how much you uh, love your dog and love her more than I anything, appreciate yeah. that. Absolutely. All right, my first question for you. Okay. If you had to define boxing to someone who is blind, how would you teach them about boxing if they were blind? Uh, so, and my coach has always said this, you don't need to see to be a great boxer. You don't need to see what's coming at you. I know that's part of it, but boxing is a game of feeling, a game of timing, and a game of rhythm. So, uh, trying to think how I could teach a, a blind fighter. Uh, <laughs> might be difficult, but I say boxing is a game of rhythm, timing, and feeling, and, uh, and intelligence. If you can put all three of those things together and have the intelligence to do so and to box in a matter where you're, you're, you're getting your timing down, you have the right rhythm, and you can feel where your opponent's moving, where your opponent's going to throw a punch. Uh, eyes wouldn't matter at that point. I feel like you could be a great boxer. Yeah, there's a lot to They say the other senses sometimes get heightened. So there's a way to work around it. That would definitely be an interesting story to tell. That would be. For, for sure. a movie. So I do screenwrite. Maybe, maybe that's something to work on for the future. And maybe you got a star as the trainer. Maybe we got to work on that. We got I'm in. Do something like that. All right, what's your second question for me? Okay. Uh, second question. Yep. Growing up and being in Syracuse, uh, being you know being from this area, what made you into a fan of the Diamondbacks and the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, I wanted my own teams that nobody could bandwagon jump on. So when the Diamondbacks came out in, I think it was 97, I, I love Randy Johnson, so that made it easy. Love the logo, and I wanted my own team. So I've always had a soft spot with the Yankees because of my dad and my grandpa, and I also have a soft spot for the Mets, but the Diamondbacks are my own team. The first team I ever saw win anything in my lifetime that, that was my team. And they were the fastest in the World Series and to win it in 2001. They beat the Yankees, and my dad thought there was no chance. So that was a fun night. I will always remember Luis Gonzalez for all that he did and Randy Johnson, the big unit. I actually have a picture up that I did. I manipulated a picture this week where we were talking baseball, and I put my head on Randy Johnson's body when he was – putting his hand up in the air. So it says the DT unit instead of the big unit. So, yeah, I mean, I just wanted my own team. But with Jacksonville, I love Fred Taylor. Another thing with, you know, the logo came out. I was nine years old. And I wanted my own team. So I was like, you know what? Why not Jacksonville? And just really fall in love with the logo. And Fred Taylor was just instinctual. He was my favorite. And now I cover the Jaguars. It's the longest credential I've ever had in my life. This is my 13th year, and I fly back and forth, and I cover the team at home games. Wow. I can do road games, and I was with them 
in the playoffs all the way to the door of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago in 2018 in Foxborough. So I love them. And the crazy thing is I had never been to an NFL game before I covered the Jaguars. So my first NFL game was to go to Jacksonville, go for free, sit in the press box, and then go and interview the players whose cards I collect. That was my first NFL game ever. And so I wear my Jaguar bands everywhere I go. And I have a watch that's teal too. And so this lady saw me at the airport. She's like, oh my God, you're color coded, your watch, like everything's there. So yeah, I'm, I'm teal all the way. And when people make fun of me being a Jaguars fan, not only do I genuinely not care, but there's also the side of it where if they lose, I told you what I did. They lost this weekend. What did I do? I went to Disney. Yeah. When yeah. they win, I also go to Disney. Uh-huh. So I'm 90 degree weather, beaches, Disney. I think I'll be okay. Yeah, I guess you can't really have a have a bad day. No. That type of weather. I think that's why New Yorkers are also such big sports fans because, you know, in New York, your sports team loses. You walk outside and it's – uh, 10 degrees outside and your, your hands are freezing and you need gloves and you're like, yeah. get me indoors. Yeah. We really don't have much here. And I think that's why New York gets me on their sports teams and their athletes like myself. And uh, that's why we have such good people around us, surrounding us and people that can support me and support our teams. I will say this about Jacksonville. They have a six game losing streak at home to the Houston Texans. That losing streak started on October 21st, 2018. That is my birthday. So if they could knock that off, <laughs> that would be phenomenal. But I got to wait until next year for them to stop yeah, doing that nonsense. Yeah, that's a, so I had to write rough. that article this past weekend, and that, that hurt me in the chest some type of way. All right, Bryce, my second one for you. If you had to describe yourself as a cake, what ingredients would you be and why? I'm no cake master. Uh, not a big cake connoisseur. I don't know many cakes. Uh, too fast and too light to be a cheesecake. Uh, I, I think cheesecake I, will make you sink to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Even though I like it, but rigoff pie is so much better. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I can make it homemade. I know. I might have to go with that cake then. Yeah. See, I, what I was going to say was my mom's. I don't have a name for it, but whatever my mom, my mom made for my birthday, my favorite cake. She knows what it is. That frosting. Okay. That just hits. That, that's what different. was on it. That's amazing. Was it chocolate? But it was. I'm no. I'm no big ingredient guy. I have no idea what, what was, was in, in it, ma. But it tasted good. So. White cake and cream cheese frosting. The cream cheese frosting was where it was at because okay, it wasn't like a a cheesecake itself, so it wasn't very heavy. But the cream cheese frosting on top was a phenomenal like flavor. It also gave you a little bit of heaviness on the frosting, but not too much. So you felt good eating it, but it was also the flavor was just amazing. So I'd have to I'd have to go with that cake. So with your mom's cake. My mom's cake. Yeah, yeah, your mom's cake. So that's that's how you would describe yourself. That's I guess that's myself. You would be you would be light, heavy enough, yeah, to feel good, but still light. 
So if that I, makes sense, yes. Yeah. So as a boxer, say light on your feet, but still heavy enough with muscle. Yeah. I guess we'd say that. You're right. Okay. I'm trying to help you out on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your last question for me? Okay. Uh, in winters. In Syracuse, as we talked about, you know, it's not beautiful 24-7. It does snow. It does get a little cold outside. Uh, do you do anything outside in the winters? Do you like to ski? you like to sled, snowboard? I still want to learn how to snowboard. I will ski, but I have a promise to anyone that skis with me. Don't put me on a hill and tell me to stop and say it's not that hard. Because what I will do is I will go down the hill, I will fly by you, and I will say, you better hope that Jesus stops me. Because if Jesus doesn't stop me, I'm going off of this hill, and I'm going to do something. This is what I know about my life. I don't fall when I'm supposed to. Like, when it's when you should fall and you should, like, stumble, I don't. So I feel like God would have me do something incredibly cool, and I would act like I did it on purpose. But... In the winter, what do I do? I I like building like tunnel. If the snow's high enough, I'll build a tunnel and like have my dog go through it and stuff. That's fun. So I, I guess I'd say build a tunnel. I like snow angels. I what else would I do in the snow? I mean, I guess I, I would skate. I get, I'd skate a little. I didn't know that I could skate, so I went on a blind date when I was in high school. And shout out to, to Faye, because I went on a date with her wonderful person. But so I was afraid to go ice skating because I don't want to make a fool of myself. Right. So she's out ice skating and I'm young. So like her mom's there that my mom's there. So she goes out and she skates and I'm not skating and everybody's getting mad at me. And I'm like, I don't know how to skate. I don't want to fall and embarrass myself. So there's 20 minutes left. I go, screw it. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to skate. So all I thought about in my head was, you love the Mighty Ducks movies, do the flying V, just back and forth, back and forth. And I started, I, at one point I, I was skating on one foot because I almost got knocked over by a kid, so I lifted my foot up. I looked like I had done this my whole life, and everybody was pissed at me after the fact, like, you made that girl wait over an hour, and you could skate the whole time, you're a jerk. And, she, and I'm like... I genuinely, I don't know how I did it. It was the second time I'd ever skated my whole life. That's very impressive. So I guess I would go skating. And if, if I ever went on a date with Faye again, I would treat her with, I would make sure I went out the first moment and actually showed her like two hours of skating instead of 20 minutes. Yeah. Now you'd have to, now that you got it down. Yes. So, yeah. So if (laughs) they, if you see this, then your skating's on me, I guess. My final question for you, Bryce. If you and I were going to star in a movie together, what actor would be the villain of the movie? And what would you and I do as a profession? And what city would we be in? Villain. Okay. Let me think of this. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with these questions are so in depth. <laughs> this really makes me think. I'll go with uh, 
The Rock's going to be the villain just because The Rock is a mammoth of a man. But I also like, like The Rock, so it's tough for him to be a villain. Okay. But The Rock is going to be a villain. So we're going to be fighting The Rock in Moana 2. And yes, yes, we're going to be fighting The Rock in Moana 2 in uh, where's it, Hawaii. Yeah, we're going to be the real villains in that movie. Yeah, so I guess you can never win against The Rock. So, so, so how about, so we'll go back to so The no Rock is the villain. But okay, we'll go back to it though. We're not in Moana 2. So The Rock's the villain. Yeah. What is our profession? Where where are we based? The Rock's the villain. Yeah. We are in Syracuse, New York. Our hometown. Okay. And The Rock is challenging us to a eat off. Okay. Where his I don't know if you ever seen his cheat days, but The Rock's cheat days, he goes hard and okay. he has an amazing appetite that I look up to. All right. So the both of us have to sit down and eat more food than the rock himself. Can we do it? So it's two versus one. Two V one, but okay. he's the rock. All right. So you and I in Syracuse, New York, Grandma's pie eat off against the rock. Yeah. I challenge him. And I'm just gonna let you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you're gonna lose that one. Oh, he's going down. You're I definitely going to lose that. Yeah, I can eat. Because because we do intermittent fasting, right? We do that. We do. Yeah, we talked about that before. We were talking about it. Like, I didn't eat a lot of food today so that I could eat grandma's pie. So I made myself not eat so yeah. that I can eat tonight. Yeah, intermittent fasting. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So, all right, Rock, we challenge you to that. And if not, you can always have us join you in Milana's live action movie. That'd be pretty cool, too. Yeah, too. I'm in. I'm in for that. Yeah, why not? So with that being said, Bryce Mills, myself, Dan Tortora, Wake Up Call, here with you at Avacoli's every single month and Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right where you are right now, youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt, facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt, and on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. Bryce, as always, I appreciate you. I'm honored to sit next to you. And like I told you, off the air, and I'll tell you on the air. You're a fighter, you're a professional, you're just starting your career, but I'm spoiled to consider you a little brother, and I thank you for that. Thank you very much. You. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And before we go off the air, i got to do something right here. i gotta, I got to officially put this on for the first time, right, and make sure we rock this. So, yes, sir. So this is from Bryce today. we got to make sure we put this on right here. All right, let's do it. And we got to make sure we get some people their Bryce Mills gear, right? You're right. You're so right. Looking sharp. Need to get it out there. So make sure you support Bryce here in the community and wherever he is all around the world. I'll be wearing this proud, and I am a shameless plugger. So I'll be wearing this in the airport so people have to see me all over the country. Support my little brother, Bryce oh, Mills. Thank Appreciate you, you man. Thank be good. You very much. Have a good night. Nice.